0: Whatever it is, wherever you are, I'm Aaron Ascensio, alongside Ryan Cutchin, and you are listening to the Poorly Informed Sports Show. Ryan? Yes. up, up man?
1: Hey. Uh, not a lot, dude. A I, little bit sad about the Broncos. Happy about the Astros. Kind of where I'm at sports-wise. Word.
0: That's, yeah, cool. I wish I could at least be happy about the Astros, but I'm just bumming about the Broncos right now. Yeah. I'm even wearing I'm wearing an Avs shirt right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was that was
1: um not a an outcome you were hoping for or even like expecting on, yeah. on Monday. Broncos lose by one to
0: a very not good Seattle team. And in it's just such an unlikely fashion. But um we will get to that in just a few short minutes. Uh, but right now over in the baseball world. Um, playoff race is starting to heat up a little bit. Well, to come they down are that final stretch.
1: Yeah. I'd say national league wildcard. Super exciting. If, uh, you have a team in that race, American league, um, kind of just jostling for, for seating. Uh, but from my perspective, I'm on cruise control, man. Stroh's have a six and a half game lead over the Yankees for overall one seed in the American league. Oh, wow. Um, pretty easy schedule they just wrapped up a sweep of the Detroit Tigers today Do you know Um, how many
0: games remaining
1: we are down to the 20s we're getting close so um yeah I know that they the the basically the the two really tough series coming up are um are Tampa Bay and Baltimore so that'll be a little bit a little bit of a test which I think is good because they've been playing some pretty easy teams but they sit at 93 and 50 uh, with 185 run differential in the year, just to put that in perspective, the Rockies sit at 62 and 81 with a minus 134 run differential. Mm. So, so yeah, I mean, it's one of these deals I basically tune in every night, but it's just, um, you know, I'm kind of ready for the playoffs. It just seems like there's not a whole lot for the Astros to focus on besides staying healthy, um, getting Verlander back, which he's been out uh, for about two weeks. He's missed two starts. Um, so it'll be exciting to get him back. Sounds like he's kind of on schedule to come back here for his next start. What's what's the? He had a here? he had a calf thing, so at least oh, it wasn't God. an arm thing. That's scary for an old guy coming off Tommy John. Yeah. So just a calf thing. Sounds like he's kind of throwing uh, simulated games and everything. So that's excellent. Um, his clone was brought up by the Astros. Hunter Brown made his major league debut uh about a week and a half ago and uh grew up a justin verlander fan and uh putting his wind up right next to jv they look almost identical really so everyone on the internet is like oh great now the astros are cloning people (laughs) uh but he's now pitched twice looked really good he's got two wins um so kind of an interesting little competition you got six starting pitchers right now that are all really pitching well you include Verlander in that, so what do you do? Um when Verlander's back, do you go with a six man rotation? Um then when the playoffs come, who goes to the bullpen, who actually gets the starts? All good problems to have. Yeah. Um can't really can't really bring any drama into the podcast when it comes to the Astros right now, which is a great thing to say after the past couple years.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's gotta be a good feeling.
1: And Kind of an interesting deal, too, with um, you know the new playoff format this year. So they will end up with a bye in the first round, which is kind of interesting. Um,
0: How many games is that first series? Five?
1: It's a three-game series three. for that first round, and it's all uh, at the Higher Seeds home ballpark. Oh, okay. So I think they just get it done in three days. I don't think there's any rest or anything. So Gotcha. Kind of interesting, too, because then the team that comes in to play the Astros, who will have a bye, will potentially be three pitchers down. Yeah. You know, much different than, like, the wild card game, which was just the one, you know, the one uh, do-or-die game. Right. So kind of advantageous, even more so than it has been in the past for the Astros to have this one seed. Um, but, yeah, barring a collapse uh, by the Strohs and, like, a resurgence by the Yankees, that's insane. Um, looking like they'll lock up that one seed. But even the two seed, they get the buy. Okay. So, um, in fact, some people – because of uh, the way this the seeding is ending up right now, some people actually think it might be better to get that two seed. But just I don't like to play those games, you know. Yeah. Just like don't try to like tank to face an opponent, you know. Just just win the games in front of you.
0: Michael Malone loves to do that for the Nuggets and uh, tends to bite him in the ass yeah. more often than not.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Plus, if you do end up in an ALCS against the Yankees. Um, I'd like to play as few in in New York as possible, just because those fans are very obnoxious. Definitely, um, you know, throwing beer at uh, AJ Hinch's family a few years ago in twenty nineteen, and you know, just all kinds of. They're just they're pretty lousy. Stay um, classy, New York. Yeah they're they're uh, they're up there with the Dodgers fans in terms of a pretty hostile experience for yeah. being the opposition. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think for that reason, you just. You know, don't even think about it. Just keep playing to win. Um, but uh, aside from that, uh, baseball wise, the the thing that everyone's been talking about other than playoff races is um, the new rules that the MLBPA and the MLB, the MLB, I can't believe I did that, um, and MLB <laughs> agreed upon for 2023. Um, have you heard of any of these?
0: Uh, no, no, I, I'm completely clueless. We're going in totally blind.
1: What do you think they are? There's three. Three new rules that are fairly um, – well, I take that back. I was going to say all three are fairly noticeable. I'd say two of the three are probably noticeable um, to most fans, and then the most casual fans will probably only notice one.
0: Any I mean, guesses? I, I don't know. I don't, you got nothing. I pay so little attention to baseball because of the Rockies. Um, everything I get basically comes through you so
1: we got nothing nothing here no guesses all right i was gonna
0: gonna say something snarky but i won't so
1: (laughs) so our first one the boring one we'll see if it's boring everyone's thinking it's going to be pretty boring but necessary is uh the base size is increasing so oh oh i know one okay so the base size is going from 15 square inches to 18 square inches um largely seems like this is going to be a safety thing um stop guys from stepping on each other or like the brutal play at first base where the pitcher's running the cover dude that hit the balls burning it down the line and they both get there at the same time and mash each other's one, one guy spikes the other guy's ankle um so that'll be nice to have that hopefully happen a lot less um a lot of people were speculating, oh, well, stolen bases are going to go up because of this, because there's less of a distance by a few inches. Um, but really, I think we, as a, as a group of sports fans, kind of inflate the actual number of bang-bang plays where just a few inches would make a difference. So yeah. um, I think it was Baseball America actually did do um, a study uh, on minor league increased base size and didn't really find any significant like offensive production improvement. Okay. So I'm going to stick with like one that almost no one will notice besides the players, in, a, in probably a positive way.
0: Okay, all right. I, I think I have a feeling there's something involving the shift. Yes, there is. Am I going to like it? I don't know.
1: So I've gone back and forth so they are doing like a soft ban on the shift not like a full-on ban okay but a soft ban How does, so okay what they're what back. they're what they're doing is they're saying all four infielders first base second base shortstop third baseman all need to start uh the pitch with both feet entirely on the infield dirt okay okay so that's going to take away a certain type of shift for sure. Um, The other one that's uh, the other caveat that's a little more restrictive is that you must have two infielders on uh, each side of second base. So that stops like the three man, you know, three infielders on one side, you know, shifting lefties, three infield infielders over on the right. Um, So that's pretty significant in a way. But you'll still basically be able to play like a dude straight up the middle, so you, you can shift in that sense where you know yeah, your shortstop okay. can just be like a fraction of an inch, you know, to the to the left side right. of second base. So that'll be kind of weird to see how they enforce that. Yeah, because unless they're going to actually draw like a chalk line, which maybe they will, you know, it's really going to be I'm like a cat and mouse game.
0: The baseball dinosaurs out there. Getting upset at one more chalk line that's never been there before. Oh, I know. But <laughs> strangely, the they're the ones that
1: always complain about the shift too. So yeah, like yeah. pick your poison. Um, so a few thoughts on this. I think actually talking to my dad recently when I was visiting Houston, um, we were discussing the shift, and and he brought up something that maybe a, made me kind of a little more in favor of something like this. Um, and his point was that when teams run the shift where you basically call it like a triangle on the right side where you have just the third baseman covering the left side and over on the right, you basically play one of your infielders in shallow right field. Mm -hmm. Um, What that means is that if a, if a left-handed hitters up and pulls the ball, which is most common into the shift and it ends up hit, hit to that guy that's playing like a shallow right fielder. Yeah. He's got, enough time to throw the dude out at first base because of where first base is relative to right field but if you're a right-handed hitter and you pull the ball there's no similar shift that way because if someone's playing shallow left that's way too long of a throw to first base to get you out so in a way the shift was just because baseball in its inception decided First base is going to be that one, and that one's going to be third base. Right. You know, if they did it the other way around, it'd be unfair for righties. So in that sense, it kind of makes, um, makes it to where currently it's very unfair for left-handed hitters because they're running the same direction. You know, they tend to pull the ball. Everyone tends to pull the ball more. And when they do, they're running. They have to run to first base, which is in the direction they pulled the ball. So shifting in that in that way was a little unfair. Hmm. So I'm going to wait and see on this one. Um, I wish it was, and I don't even know how I would suggest this, maybe a little less restrictive in some way. Um, I think you could even do... Like, just all four outfielders need to be on the dirt somewhere. But yeah. you do away with the set, either side of second base restriction. And I'd be maybe a little more happy with it. But, um, you know, like I said, you'll still be able to shift in in some ways. Just not as extreme. Um, we'll see. I don't really know what to expect. I'm not that mad about it. I thought, I'm, I, thought I would be. I thought you would be, too. Yeah. Um, now, any guesses on the third one? I think this is going to be universally loved by fans. And I don't know about players, but I think fans are going to love this.
0: Hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think like, what does baseball need
1: needs? Pace of play,
0: pace of play. Um, they already limit, uh, stepping out of the batter's box, right?
1: Ah, they tried it and then they stopped enforcing it. Oh, okay. They've limited mound visits. Okay. So you only have so many of those. This is way more extreme they are adding a pitch clock,
0: a pitch clock,
1: which they have been doing in the minor leagues for some years now.
0: So how does this work? Is it like uh, like in the NFL or in football in general? You have a play it's clock. Basically
1: that. Yep. It's like you have 40 seconds between downs. Yeah. So with the base is empty, the pitcher has 15 seconds uh, to pitch the ball uh, with a runner on. He has 20 seconds to pitch the ball. Um, And that's basically one. It says once the ball is ready for play, then this clock starts. I don't exactly know what that means.
0: Man, that uh, that actually feels surprisingly short.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the average right now is like high 20s, um, like almost pushing 30 seconds. Cool.
0: I'm down Um, with it then.
1: So the batter uh, must be what they say, alert to the pitcher within eight seconds of the timer starting. So I guess that's how the umpire knows to throw the ball to the pitcher and have the timer start um if the pitcher doesn't pitch in the right amount of time uh there's a ball issued to the batter if the batter's late there's an automatic strike okay um when it gets where it gets really interesting is if there's a runner on base um because the pitcher may only throw over step off or throw over they call it disengaging can only do that twice per plate appearance where you know now you can you see some of those little cat and mouse games where the Pitcher's thrown over a ton and then everyone yeah, yeah. starts booing. That's what I so was gonna He only ask gets two of those per plate appearance. Really? Now he can do it a third time and if he gets the picks the guy off, then that's fine. But if he doesn't and the guy slides back safe and it's the third time, um it's the same thing as a balk. so the guy would get an you know, get to advance to the next base. Um so that's very very interesting. Um they have found that in the minor leagues, with I think basically the same set of rules, uh, overall game time is down 26 minutes, which is actually pretty good. That's a lot, it's yeah. Down below three hours, which is great. Yeah, because um, and there's
0: I, no reason a baseball game should be that long. I'm they, sorry, they, a
1: few years ago they were pushing four hours. Um, really, Damn. The, the like pitch comm stuff has sped it up this year, where you know the the pitchers basically have a little like speaker in their hat and the catcher can just hit a button on a shin guard to send the pitch instead of do signals and signs oh okay so that's actually sped things up decently this year so then you had this pitch clock that could be pretty nice um i think it was bill james uh like years and years ago kind of mentioned that it's the problem with baseball isn't necessarily how long it takes it's all the momentum killing intention killing stuff in between that just stops brings the game to a to a halt so you know, yeah, you, we mentioned the mound visit stuff now pitch clock, the pitch calm. So should be kind of interesting. Um, uh, some, some side effects of the pitch clock that, that I saw discussed in this Michael Bauman fan graphs article are kind of interesting. Um, that because of, you know, the limited throwovers, um, stolen base attempts in the minors were up almost 30%, which is everyone likes the steal. It's mm-hmm. kind of fun. Right. It's exciting. Um, Success rate is up to 77% from 68%. Um, Also very fun. Yeah. More scoring opportunities. Um, And then this is kind of speculation, but you know, you get a lot of these pitchers in today's game that um, relief pitchers that will come in for like an inning and like, you've never heard of this dude before. And he comes in and it's just throwing like a hundred mile an hour gas. And then he's out of the game and then they bring in another dude like him you don't really end up with like that reliever that like casual fans know well that comes in and pitches 3 innings at a time or something. Uh-huh. Um he speculates that this could actually um, bring back that style of pitcher because the guys that come in and just go max effort for only 3 batters or so take turns out they need to take a lot of time in between pitches yeah, that makes to sense. get their like stamina back up. Right. And they're going to start to lose velocity and therefore their whole, you know, or a huge part of their effectiveness if they have to, you know, be be abiding to this pitch clock. So that'll be kind of fun to see if that's if that's the case, also more offense. So overall, you know, I think all of these rules are going to mean a faster game with more offense, um, which is kind of a good thing. You know, I think the game's really different than it was like in the 80s or even like early 90s where – there was just more I felt like more action. Yeah. Um, and hopefully this brings some of that back. So that's about all I got on there. I don't know if you have any any reactions from a non-baseball perspective. Like are does this make you any more excited to watch next year or just eh, it's baseball and you'll see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little column A and a little column B. Um, I definitely want to check it out. I, I, I wanna see um Especially, I, I want to see the, the shift change in action. And I want to see the results of the change. Yeah. Like, uh, all of these things really sound like they should lend themselves to
1: more offense. Especially, you know, seeing some of these lefty hitters that hit absolute piss
0: rockets. They're no <laughs> longer just going to be outs. <laughs> so, so what I really... Piss missile. Sorry. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I'm, my really big takeaway is that the MLB is... MLB. Oh sorry, the MLB <laughs> that MLB
1: <laughs> that Major League Baseball.
0: That wow. That takes some effort. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was a thing until you called yourself out on it. Yeah, cuz
1: it's the MLBPA, the Major League Baseball Player Association. Yeah. Major League Baseball Player Association. But it's but just, just Major, League, Major Baseball. League Baseball, yeah.
0: Got you. It's tough. Okay, so Major League Baseball. <laughs> sounds like it's hurting because if they want to put out a more exciting product uh, that means that they're trying to draw in younger, new consumers. Yeah, yeah I mean right?
1: the 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 age of like your average baseball fan skews, I think, way higher than any of the other major American sports. Um and, you know, ultimately that's gonna be a problem. So I, I even think like a lot of kids that play little league don't necessarily get into their local major league team as much as they used to.
0: Uh, a quick uh, Google search shows the average interest in MLB in the United States. Uh, 22% for both the 45 to 64 and 65 plus age groups call themselves avid fans. Uh, only 19% for 35 to 44 and only 17% from 18 yeah. to 34 call themselves avid fans. Yep. Uh, the The... Portion that call themselves casual fans is 33%. For looks like all four age groups, but
1: but yeah, a noticeable decline as yeah. the age goes down. Um, and you know, I don't, it's not going to instantly fix that problem, but you but it know, shows that they're aware of it and they, yeah,
0: you know, want to address it. It'd be
1: nice for a family to be able to go to a game on a weeknight without deciding knowing they're gonna have to decide when to leave early right to get you know timmy to bed they can actually stay and see the end of the game i think that'll be really nice and i i did read somewhere too that they might even be speeding up the time in between innings um which you know sounds great to me that's less commercials i have to watch on mlb tv i mean why do you need
0: much time at all between innings
1: uh just to get the pitcher you know back out there and warmed up so he doesn't get yeah, hurt okay. you know, if you he, especially warm up, if it's sure. like a long inning he's just been sitting on the bench right um you know yeah. infielders get a few throws in outfielders get a few throws in but yeah i i, I don't think you need more than a minute or two and i think yeah, i think it might be around two minutes now or maybe just over and, and they might be going just under mm. but all of it adds up you know I, I think we'll see that it all i mean clearly it adds uh, or takes away twenty six minutes in the minors so yeah. if it does anything similar in, in major league baseball I think that's pretty significant actually. Um so yeah that's
0: that's, that's baseball, baseball Susan that's baseball Susan twenty twenty three. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to uh excited to see those differences in action. Um hopefully before then uh, we get another Astros World Series. We'll see.
1: I actually did put some money on, um, just $10, you know, sports betting it is legal here in Colorado. And, um, you know, I, have always, always heard never bet on your own team. Cause that'll just lead to disappointment, which we'll get into. This was my problem on Monday with the Broncos is that I did bet on them. Um, but I went ahead and put some money on the Braves again, uh, to, to win again, to repeat, um, just because I, how much of a run they've been on lately. Um, so, you know, if they pull it off again, at least I'll make like $90, there you go, but I I'd, I'd spin well over that for another Astros World Series, but that's neither here nor there.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, do you want to take a break before we hop into the pit of misery? I don't know if I'd
1: call it that, but yeah, let's take a break. Let's let's um, get ready to jump in. Uh, I guess talk a little bit about um, the upcoming game with the Texans, but probably more more so kind of look at um, the unfortunate loss to to Seattle.
0: That's right. We are a retrospective sports show more than a prospective, prospective, projective, projective, yeah, both. proactive. We're certainly not that. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty reactive. All right, folks, we will be back. Okay, we're back.
1: Not too excited about this segment.
0: You know what? Let's let's let's. Pump up the energy a little bit by distracting ourselves. Ryan, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Okay, so I went with a beer that is now very much growing on me. The first sip was a little strange, actually. Um, I'll preface this by saying I am a massive fan of Mars and lagers and fest beers, and I hate the fact that they're not year round. So I'm now that they're sh- popping up in the in the in the stores, showing up. I am head first in, so I grabbed La Cumbra's out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um just before we recorded, and yeah, the first sip was a little weird. It's kind of like a heavy tasted really almost like stout, like for a second, but now that I'm like halfway through one, quite enjoying it. Nice, very solid. How about I, you?
0: I will have to check it out right now. I'm about to what the hell does this label say? <laughs> I'm about to finish off this uh lion's paw lager from Fernson fernson
1: Brewing Fern- Company. Fernson.
0: It's a very weird font with a like a witch as the o. Yeah, there's there's an o or possibly an i. Yeah, it's it's this like bearded man in a Peter Pan hat. Oh, I thought it was
1: a witch. You're you right. See the beard and the, oh yeah,
0: and the, like a feather in the cap.
1: Yeah, and the the mu- It's like the mustache
0: is very like waxed looking. Yeah, like doesn't match with the beard. Anyway, this is a pretty good beer. It's uh, it's. Is it just a It's a lager. It's a lager lager. Yeah. Uh, yeah, these folks are up the in beers of uh, Beers. South Dakota. I picked these up while I was on vacation about a month and a half ago. Uh went up to Rushmore. Got, Got some, yourself. Had to get some, some local brews. That's right. But cool. after that I'm gonna go ahead and hop on over to Hopacity from Liquid Mechanics.
1: Highly recommended. I also go
0: both coast IPA.
1: Yeah. Both coasts. What's, the, uh, what's their other one that's really common? It's so good. It's just kind of like a. It's like a... I think they just call it like an American ale, but it's kind of IPA-ish. Oh, really? Um, I don't think I've tried it all I Can't after. think of the name off the top of my head. Oh, Hop Nectar.
0: Oh, Hop. Right, right. It I've heard very, of that one for good.
1: sure. Uh, Liquid Mechanics, highly recommended. Um, probably just a Colorado thing, but if you see it, get it.
0: It's just a couple blocks from here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've walked there a few times, but mostly get lazy and drive all right now on to sadder things
0: now that our unpaid commercials are over <laughs> let's yeah we got to get into it um you know everyone's been focusing on the last two minutes of the game on monday i want to go back to the first half a little bit yeah me too i mean, I,
1: I don't know that i have anything more in anything interesting to add everyone knows what happened uh Broncos had the ball, I don't know, like the forty six, right? Um ran the clock down to try to kick an insanely long field goal to win the game because they were down one. Everyone said probably what they need to say about that. Um we can we can circle back, but yeah, I agree. Let's start let's start elsewhere.
0: So I, I didn't actually get to see the first drive. I was still on my way here to watch the game with you. Um I thought the game started a few minutes later. <laughs> so yeah, so we that drive.
1: weird weird uh start um, time.
0: But it wasn't good, was it?
1: Uh, I remember Seattle just marching down the field.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what I heard on the radio. Yeah. Uh, And then wide open Will Disley with the dumbest name. (laughs) But uh, Gino Smith completed 23 passes for only 195 yards. Yeah. The Broncos were not giving up a lot. I think the defense
1: Uh, seemed good overall. I agree.
0: It got off to a rough start, but man, they turned it around in the second half. They only gave up 34 yards in the entire second half.
1: That makes it even more sad to me that they somehow managed to lose.
0: Yeah, it's it's
1: yeah, completely <laughs> it's shut bad. out Seattle in the second half. Um, yeah, so you go down, right? You go down into uh, the tunnels or whatever, you know, at halftime with that field goal. Right at the end of the um, at the end of the half, down four, get you get the ball and things are seemingly good, and it seems like the offense was actually pretty good, except for the turnovers and the penalties, right? Yeah, like I mean, <laughs> except for when they weren't. I get it, but like the ball was moving. I'll put it that way. It's not like we were seeing a bunch of like three and outs and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean they had uh, one hundred and three yards on the ground, three hundred and thirty in the air. Um,
1: torched them 433 total yards to 253.
0: It, it should not have been a contest. So I don't know if I feel better going forward or worse. With I think knowing all of this, you know what I mean?
1: So what I, what I'd ask, I guess your thoughts on, um, how uncharacteristic of the running backs, Gordon and Williams and just the team in general were those, uh, Red zone
0: fumbles? For Gordon, less so than for Williams. (laughs) Um, Melvin Gordon, as a Bronco at least, kind of has a tendency of fumbling at the key moments. Um, I think he only had three or maybe five fumbles across last season, but they all came at crucial moments inside the five or, uh, you know, on a third and short gimme kind of uh mm-hmm. play. So it, it's frustrating because, because you kind of see a pattern with him. Uh, and I think it's, it's overplayed actually. I think people make too big of a deal of his fumbling, but it was the Achilles heel on yeah, uh, just terrible on Monday night. And, and yeah, then Javante, um, I don't remember him dropping the ball at all last year. Like, yeah, I, I, really I know that he did, but his seemed um, very
1: uncharacteristic.
0: It was bad. And uh, yeah, but those two turnovers cost you 14 points. If uh, if, you, if you convert those instead of putting the rock on the ground, then we're talking about a 30 to 16 blowout. Yeah. You know, and yeah. And I've got to take like
1: my college football fan hat off and think of like what a blowout actually is in the NFL because that would be, you know, I, I think blow and I think of like the Longhorns in week one winning 52 to 10. But you're not going to see that in the NFL. So, not yeah, often. like this, it's like it's almost like the on everything but the actual score. Um, when you just look at like surface level offensive numbers, it's like, yeah, the Broncos kind of kind of shoved them. You know, I think it's kind of interesting. Offensive wise, I didn't realize this till looking at the box score now. Williams only had seven carries. Uh, yeah,
0: but he made the most of them with uh, 43 yards. Uh, and where he really made the difference was as a receiver. Yeah,
1: he had 11 receptions for 65 yards. Um, that was kind of interesting, though. It felt like it did take Russ a while to start kind of targeting his his like actual weapon, like deep threat weapons.
0: I don't think he threw a re- uh, threw to a receiver until like late in the second.
1: It, f- it feels that way. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that was by design or just Rust. Russell Wilson. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, yeah that,
0: it, that was a little weird just it, aesthetically for me. Um, it was very strange, um, especially because part of the uh, Seahawks fans who are sad that Russell Wilson is gone and have to attack you for it. Uh, part of their narrative has been, well, he can't even throw to tight ends, so there's, he only throws to like half of the field, basically. Yeah, and then, like the whole first half, Russ was like exclusively throwing at tight ends and Javante Williams. Right.
1: Yeah. Um. It I mean it, it worked, like, <laughs> except out. You know, I, I keep saying this, but outside like the self inflicted wounds, it was working. You know, what 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 was the penalty situation? I mean, they had. I, I don't, Twelve, I think, for like well over a hundred yards. Yeah. Twelve for a hundred and six yards.
0: And I, I, um, I honestly feel like some of them were bogus. I, I I didn't agree with uh like Bradley Chubb running into the quarterback and drawing the roughing mm, the passer. Yeah. That's probably the right call, but God, it's so borderline in my opinion. Yeah. Very ticky um, tacky stuff. Uh was it Jonas Griffith standing over that dude that he oh, tackled? Oh, yeah, and got him. the taunting. That was that, totally crap That was crap absolute call.
1: BS. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like to see a breakdown, like how many were just like the mental errors like at the line of scrimmage or something.
0: I, I think the other side of it, uh, another huge chunk of the penalties, were uh, directly attributable to playing in probably the most hostile environment they're going to play in this year. And that includes... Arrowhead Stadium.
1: I had to remind myself of that, you know, being a a Texas Longhorn guy and all those years playing Texas A&M. And they were the 12th man, you know, at that stadium. And I think Seattle actually pays Texas A&M to use that term, uh, the 12th man. But, yeah, clearly, you know, they kept going to the shot on ESPN of – some dude with a decibel meter. Yeah, you know when the Broncos had like a big uh, a big snap coming up. That's and right, the
0: first time I said those fans are sitting really fast. I made a joke <laughs> that it was like a radar gun.
1: Just like a baseball scout measuring sit speed. Like that. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the next breakthrough analytic is like your fans sit speed. <laughs> how how quickly can they not be a distraction? We're gonna have but- to
0: correlate that with our uh, uh, cool names chart. <laughs> that eventually someday we're gonna make.
1: We're gonna yeah, we'll publish it out there. We'll make it someday. But no, I I really do think that was a, a huge issue. I mean, there were many times when it, it did seem like um, Russ was kind of bothered and like trying to trying to get some kind of audible something out to his line or just to to his offense in general, and it 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 seemed hard. I mean, and he knew that he knew that coming out. He's been he's been on the
0: opposite end of that, right? And um, I actually read something today that uh, I believe. I only got this like, second hand. I don't even know what the source was. I believe that on that... Uh, was that the Javante fumble when they ran it out of the shotgun? They're yes. Like the one-yard line? Yes. Um, I think that was the play that uh, this commenter on Reddit was alluding to. Um, Apparently, Russ called an audible, and uh, the guard on the play didn't hear it, so he kind of ran the wrong set, which is why... Javante ended up running into him, and then Javante fumbled the ball. So, you know, mistakes like that, uh, false starts, delay of game, those are all directly the result of playing in a loud environment. Um, And an emotional one, too, for Russ.
1: And the first game with this team together.
0: Yep, yep. I mean...
1: So you don't even have that like familiarity of like, oh, I bet that's what he, what he was saying you know back there behind the center. Yeah, or something. because it's these just guys like, didn't play in preseason together even. Right, because Hackett pretty much let the starters rest during yeah. those games. which
0: I still uh, approve of. Um, way better to lose by one point on Monday night in September than, uh, you know, have Javante Williams tear his ACL yeah. in... In a meaningless preseason game in August, that's true. You know, um, I think that's an interesting
1: point in in a bigger context about this loss is that there is so much emotion behind it that not only like obviously from the Seattle side with Russ returning, but like I feel like Broncos fans have been waiting for this moment of hope for so long. It's oh yeah, like it's <laughs> really in context, and I and I know that like this is a super tight division, and it, it very well probably not only likely to but but it it, I'm sure it will like come down to like one one game difference will separate a playoff team in this division versus someone who's sitting at home. Yeah. Um so in that sense it does suck. But at least this is the first game of the season and it's someone not even in your conference.
0: It's also the first game of this era. Like first game of Hackett's tenure. Yeah. First game of Russ's tenure as a Bronco. Um this year is the very, very beginning of a window, not the end, you know? Um if this year ends up just being a, a building year, um that's fine. It it sucks and it'll feel like a wasted year yeah, if like no nothing one happens, wants to hear that right now. Not at all, uh, including me. But that's the reality of it. This, this could be it's like we've been
1: going through a bunch of building years that have just led to nowhere. Right? So yeah, I think no that one that wants.
0: The difference is this year is actually hopefully building to something where the right it is a fresh start. five years have been spinning our wheels, you yes. know?
1: And this is a very clear, fresh start and, and kind of a, a, a reset in, yeah, like you said, many, many areas from coaching to your offense, you know, the, the captain of your offense. Um, and I think the offense, so this is interesting. Football outsiders tweeted this out. Um, some really good signs for the Broncos offense, actually. So just easy one to to digest. Net yards per drive, week one, Broncos, number four. Sweet. Obviously, number one and two, Kansas City, Buffalo, blah, blah. Uh, Tampa Bay, number three, and then Denver. I mean, that's pretty good. So 12.64 uh, net yards per drive. I mean, that's <laughs> when, <laughs> that just makes those those turnovers in the red zone loom even larger. Um but, but as much as we're, like, sitting there in the first half complaining that he's not targeting enough wide receivers, um, hitting Javante too much, um, it's like, still, that is really good. Number four. Also, uh, the Broncos had, uh, and I can get into what the stat is a little bit. I understand it a little bit. Um, but by Football Outsiders metrics, the Broncos had the second best offensive line of, the, of week one.
0: Oh, really? That's actually a surprise.
1: Yes. So they use this stat that's called adjusted line yards. And basically what it tries to do is separate a running back success as much as possible from the offensive line. So it says like, let me try to because I don't fully understand this, but it's basically saying, okay, on like a carry, if there's a loss, we're going to give a hundred. We're going to give a ton of blame to the to the O-line on that they get like 120% of that loss. They actually get like, you know, so if the loss is, you know, two yards, they're going to get a loss credited them that's more than that because it's 120% of that loss. Um, On a run that's just zero to four yards, um, they're going to get 100% of that value. And that's saying that if it's just a small gain, we're going to say the O-line had a lot to do with that. Sure. If it's a five to 10-yard run, the O-line gets 50% credit. Saying that, okay, beyond that first little bit, a lot of that's probably the running back's ability to make moves and, yeah. and break tackles, and then eleven plus yard runs, they actually give him zero percent. Now, oh. obviously, that's not, and they recognize that that's not totally fair. Um, sure. They also do some things like adjusting for the the down, the distance, the situation, the opponent, um, whether they're they're uh, you know whether the snap is from the shotgun or not. Um, Does this factor in passing plays as well, or is it no? Just... It's just run plays. Okay. Um, And then they they go on to say, like, listen, if you have a good running back, that is going to make your O-line just look better. Even if your O-line sucks, if your running back is really good, this your your, you know, um, adjusted line yards for your O-line are going to look better. Sure. Um, So it's an imperfect stat, but that's still really cool to see, um, because this is exactly Russ's complaint. Right. And Seattle was a terrible O-line. So now we get to say, hey, they were the second best in week one. So you love to see that. And it, you know, it was, it was close. It was bunched up. Um, top Your top five are Jacksonville, Denver, Green Bay, Detroit, and Tampa Bay. So I don't know if there's any surprises there. I'm not really well-versed enough. I know that the Jaguars were terrible last year and the Lions were too, but... Um,
0: Those are a lot of good running backs, though.
1: Maybe that's part of it. And, and to be fair, Javante and uh, MG3 had good games outside of the turnovers, but... Um, Anyway, just a fun number to throw out there. Um, something to keep an eye on I'll, I'll be I'll be curious to to continue to look at this stat and like kind of educate myself on it as the year goes on yeah. and then like see if it passes the eye test or not.
0: it's a it's a fun one. It's a, yeah. th- there's not enough uh, not enough ways to uh, put numbers on offensive line exactly. performance
1: and that and that's why I think they're that's why I think they're trying something and then putting a caveat out there of like, listen, this isn't perfect. But someone's got to make an attempt at this, right? Like yeah. someone's got to try. So here's our first stab. And I'm sure this is something they iterate on constantly.
0: Yeah, probably. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> but, you
1: know, I'd say it's better to be <laughs> to be second best than, you know, 30th best, right? Like, uh, can't complain about that.
0: All right. We got to talk about the moment, though. Okay, let's do it. I, you said... Everybody in in Denver has already spoken on this. We're uh, 48 hours removed from the game at time of recording. So all of the sports shows have had at least two, you know, daily spots on the radio.
1: Everyone's gotten to watch Peyton Manning and his broadcast.
0: uh... Calling 62 timeouts. Yep. Yep. (laughs) But look, man, there is still immense frustration around this uh, around the kick. My uncle texted me uh, before we had even left here. I'm just going to read you the text straight. WTF, we brought Wilson in to kick field goals, record-long field goals. You kick that field goal when you have Geno Smith or Teddy, not Russell Wilson. Do we kick it if we have Manning or Elway? Nope. He's correct. Yep. I mean, he's correct. And, and that's And I get it. I get it. But here's what I see. I don't think this is taking the ball out of Russell Wilson's hands. I don't think this is making the decision or making a statement that you distrust Russell Wilson. Um, I think it's acknowledging that Brandon McManus has a cannon for a leg uh, and trusting and putting faith in him, who, by the way, has also paid top 10 for his position money to come through in these moments.
1: And he had supposedly told the team get it to this spot and then we're good. And they got it to that spot,
0: dude. I think they got it to the spot where ESPN had that, like, here's where they need to get it to line. So then he barely missed hardly. And, and so (laughs) I, I understand the frustration. I wish that they would have gone for it. I wish they would have handled things differently because, um, I went through and watched the end of the game today, which was horrible and hard to do. (laughs) Um, The third down and 14 uh, came with a minute and 11 seconds left on the clock. It was a swing pass to Javante Williams, who picked up 10. So then there they are at the 45, was it? The Broncos let 30 seconds run off the clock between uh, that third down and calling a timeout on fourth and five. They should have lined up way sooner. Just to try to draw had them off. Timeouts. They three timeouts. Well, no, actually, we had talked about this earlier in the game, too. Um, I think something that factored in here was the fact that you can't call two timeouts in a row. Right. Which we had discussed before the first half ended.
1: In terms of, like, icing the kicker, and can you just keep doing it over and over and over? Yeah. Over. yeah. Uh, Obviously
0: not the case here. So I but. think that may have led to some panic in the coaching staff. Which Which I get for some first time. It's concerning, though. Yeah. But it's it's concerning. It's both, I think. Like, you get it, but you don't want to see it again. Or in in the the first place. In the moment, I
1: kind of understood, though. It's like, go for the win. They had made the decision. We're going to go for the win right now. And, you know, we just talked about the Seattle uh, volume in, in that stadium. So maybe you're just, you know, with all these factors, with the with McManus saying get it here and I'm going to kick it with um, a crowd that is so loud that it's already been disruptive to you Um, and (sighs) a kicker as good as McManus period whether he says get it here or not you know like you said he's paid that well it's like I I don't agree with it but I get it from that like in the moment and I'm not a huge like you know I'm trying to get better with like football X's and O's and things like in the moment though I wasn't as you know I wasn't freaking out really yeah I kind of got it now I think for some reason I was thinking it was a little shorter of a kick than it was mm. Um, and you know now reading stuff like I think this like stat head account like tweeted this like pie chart of like what happens when you kick a field goal at that distance versus uh Russell Wilson's last uh you know fourth and five plus yard conversion rate and it's like okay well yeah i saw some breakdowns but, of that too but it's so loud there um and yeah i oh god i have such a hard time i'm trying to play devils advocate and justify it because I, I i sincerely don't hate it as much as everyone on the internet seems to hate it yeah and i get it and they're they're probably better football fans than i am but <laughs> it just doesn't bother me as much as it's bothering some people. And I don't know, I'm trying I'm trying to like in the moment uh try to vocalize why that is and how that is. I can't right now, but mm, I'm way more mad at the red zone fumbles than I am at like going
0: for that. I think that is the smarter thing to be mad about. Because you make those one of those two conversions yeah. and we're not having this conversation. Exactly. Just like if, you know, I mean, you know, if 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 everybody could have their way, would be totally different world. But um, if if the kick was three feet to the right, we're not having this conversation either. It's hey, they pulled it off, sweet. Even uh, then, I think I'm still a little bitter. <laughs> in that case, like, wow, you only go in there and win
1: by two. I'll yeah, like- but
0: I think you look at it more. Uh, you look at the silver linings more. Gutsy effort. You say, to, oh, God, we were so close, and, and the referees yeah. were against us, and we had bad luck fumbling the ball twice, but we still gritted it out. And, and shut him
1: out in the second half. Yeah. And, but we can still say that. We can still say we shut him out in the second half. Like, there's a – yeah. It sucks, like I said, that this division is so annoyingly good because otherwise this wouldn't be that big of a deal. It's it's tough, though, in, in – you know making my baseball brain realize actually we only got 17 of these, of these things, you know, this kind of does matter a lot. Um, Especially if it's the difference between 10 and seven and and nine and eight, that's actually
0: like a huge difference. Yeah. I mean the, the biggest silver lining probably from this weekend is that uh, the Raiders lost to a division opponent. So the Broncos still aren't last in the division. Mm -hmm. Yay. At least there's that. Yeah. For this week. The Broncos, though, next week are going to play Houston. Oh, what a weird team, man. As you guys know, I'm a huge Houston
1: sports fan outside of the NFL because the Oilers uh, left me in my years becoming a sports fan. Um, But I still, obviously, through social media, I follow a lot of Houston sports accounts. I get a lot of Texans stuff. So I'm, like, weirdly familiar with them, which almost makes me hate them more for some reason. (laughs) Um, But –
0: They kind of looked decent against Indianapolis in Week One. They looked confusing. I watched a 12 minute, but YouTube recap of the game, and I don't know what to make of them.
1: I mean, the Colts though were like the popular pick to win that division, right? And the Texans were kind of the popular pick to be the last place team in the
0: division. Yeah.
1: So in that sense of it,
0: it's like well, well, the Colts are in a similar position as the Broncos though with a new quarterback. They have Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan from Atlanta. So they're going through some growing pains and uh, Houston led. What was it? It was uh 20 to three uh, with like 10 minutes. Oh, left I in didn't the know that.
1: I just saw the final score.
0: Yeah. It ended up tied at 20. So in no time at all, Indianapolis kind of got their shit together and stormed back um, and made a game of it, even though they had been getting creamed all day but this
1: was in houston right
0: i mean it I don't, was in houston i yeah. don't
1: think houston has any kind of fan presence to speak of with especially because I, I saw the astros were playing i was watching the astros game during that um it was happening at the same time <laughs> minute Maid park was pretty full really um i mean
0: en- energy stadium is it still energy so
1: I, I think it might be i don't know
0: whatever like, that stadium is called one uh, where they should open it the it looked roof pretty dome. full
1: yeah, I mean, I, it's probably going to fill. But in terms of, like, diehard, passionate Houston sports fans, oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if more of them weren't at the Astros game. Yeah, um, I
0: could see it. Um, by the way, the the recap I watched today, the dome was closed because it was 91 degrees. Okay, that's fair. I know for years they never
1: opened it at all, though. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Um,
0: uh, I did get ahead of myself on this game. Uh, there is breaking news today. About the Broncos and it's not good Oh no I have not uh, heard this It hurts man it's part of the uh, Everything hurts and I'm dead inside Feeling that I've had all day Uh, Jeff Legwald reported This afternoon that Justin Simmons uh, Sustained a thigh injury In the second half at Seattle He finished the game uh, But this afternoon he was placed On injured reserve And will miss at least the next four games That can't turn into like a quad thing, right? I don't know, man. I mean, the thigh, like, I don't know what else. That's weirdly vague. That's. It is like you usually have pretty clear details on what a player's injury is. Uh, And the way that the news broke today said Simmons uh, was suffering a a, a thigh thing and would, quote, miss some time. Uh, And then, like, an hour later, he was on IR. Um,. So oh man the, the Broncos are heading into this game that they should win um they're going to do it without their defensive captain one of their defensive captains all right sir um, tan ho- <laughs> hopes to you uh, yeah <laughs> good luck and i mean it's not overselling it to say that simmons is the second best player on this team behind russell wilson
1: yeah um, like you said, captain, like I talk about Sertan on the defensive side, but he's clearly like, he's a sophomore, right? I mean, he's, yeah. a, he's a baby. He's not going to be, he's not a captain. Um, he's incredibly talented, but yeah.
0: But looking ahead to the opponent. Well, at least the de- the defense was good. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, not that Seattle's very formidable offensively. So it's, it sounds Houston like probably is a little more formidable, right? Like this Davis Mills guy, is that his name? Their quarterback? That is correct. Like yeah. he actually kind of seems decent. <laughs>
0: He's he's interesting, man. Okay, so um let me find in my notes here where I was writing about them. Um Yes, Mills threw for two hundred and forty yards and two touchdowns on uh on Sunday. Um I don't know, man. He he seems like maybe he could be good or maybe he's he's like sufficient Drew
1: Locke. I think he's better than Drew Locke well yeah he seems like sufficient like he's just like repl- replacement level maybe
0: yeah like, i think so in terms he's, of
1: like if i'm going to use baseball terminology <laughs> he's like replacement level
0: he's uh good enough to get you beat <laughs> there <not> like that <laughs> um he's um i don't know i thought his his accuracy got a little wild um yeah that's his a lot of decision making broke down when he was under pressure um so I don't know. I'm not super sold on him. Um the rushing attack doesn't scare me. Uh Rex Burkhead and Damian Pierce combined for only 77 rushing yards.
1: Yeah, they didn't even get to 300 total yards.
0: Uh They didn't?
1: No, they had 299 total yards to Indianapolis's 517. I see. That's pretty wild.
0: Yeah, I mean like they don't have receivers that freak me out. Brandon Cooks was good when he was with the Rams, but he had 7 receptions and 82 yards last year, last week.
1: Um as a casual fan, I'm going down this box score on their offensive side. I don't recognize a
0: single name. They're not like a good team. <laughs> yeah. Um Cooks accounted for almost a third of their targets in the in the past game. So I think you put Patrick Sutton on him lock him down should be okay Mm. you should be safe from from davis mills uh (laughs) like how you say that (laughs) oj howard put up two touchdowns that's their tight end um he's flamed out of a couple teams in the past so i don't know if he finally found a system that's working for him or uh maybe this is a flash in the pan kind of thing um the, their defense gave up 350 yards passing uh, And then Just alone Jonathan oh, Taylor Who is a great running back Ran for 161 yards Great young back I should say
1: I think Rush should eat In this game man Dude I think so At home it's going to be like In the mid 80s
0: On Sunday it looks like And the energy in that building be, Is going yeah. to be the exact opposite Of Monday nights
1: Exactly um, you got time to, to think about what went wrong on Monday. I mean, there's just, um, you know, everyone's saying the right thing, you know, Hackett's saying the right thing. Well, some people don't think so. Cause right. some people are saying he hasn't fully regretted the, the field goal call, but I think he kind of has, he just, he's not going to sit there and harp some, on it. Some people wouldn't um, be happy
0: unless he went to the 50 yard line and committed seppuku like a <laughs> ancient samurai yeah,
1: self-sacrifice or something. <laughs> um, you know, Russ can be frustrating to listen to uh, just because he's always going to talk about Jesus and God. And that's fine. Like, I have no problem with him being a very religious man. But like it, it seems like sometimes he just uses that to deflect questions, which is like, eh. <laughs> like, no, can, can you actually answer the question? Um, but I think it, it, it in, in some ways that gives him like kind of a, a mental uh, block against getting frustrated by the media. So, you know, if it works for him, that's fine. Um, I just think sometimes as a fan, I want to hear him be a little pissed or something. Yeah, he's, Stop, he's, he stopped smiling after that game, man.
0: He's always gotten the uh, criticism of being too much of a robot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, his time in it's very
1: like Derek Jeter. I mean, that's how Jeter survived like the New York media back in the day is he mm. just would always just, you know, say exactly what was expected and never, never get rattled, never say too much. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, they'll they'll you know, they'll have time to reflect on what went wrong and as much as they're saying the right things about, oh, you know, everything we did was the right call, they know deep down what the deal is. Um, I, I'm pretty optimistic, and I would love to see the Texans uh, get absolutely pooped on. Yeah. That would make me really happy. Um, I, then I would I would probably live on Twitter for the rest of Sunday. Um, just <laughs> just uh, dunking on folks in Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just really, like, really sassy retweets and likes. It'll be, it'll be a good time. I don't want to get ahead of myself because I really thought, um, frankly, I kind of thought the Seattle game was a bit of a gimme,
0: but I did too. Yeah. And we know how that turned out. Yeah. I do want to highlight one dude on their defense on, on, uh, the, uh, Houston defense, not Indy Jerry Hughes. Um, he made a couple of big plays in pretty quick succession in, uh, I think it was like the third quarter on Sunday. Um, It looks like he could be kind of a handful from that left edge spot. Uh, But according to Cody Rourke, old old friend of the program, Mm -hmm. uh, Broncos starting right tackle Billy Turner was a full go at practice today. So hopefully that's a good sign. And he will be back, well, for the first time. And his
1: replacement's the guy that um, Williams ran into, right?
0: I'm honestly not sure who Williams ran into. I think it might have been Glasgow. Okay. Who probably was playing at
1: guard? Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I think it was the guard that he ran into.
0: But I don't remember. I know that we watched the replay. Yeah, we were and talking we tried about it to like no. track it and yeah, it's like there other was things in that
1: game seem to kind of take over our memory.
0: I don't know. Well, uh. the uh, the white claws were flowing. They... <laughs> yes, they were. I was uh. <laughs> I was a few white claws deep. That night <laughs> Which made your
1: uh, Which made your uh, Moderating the subreddit The Denver Broncos subreddit All that much more fun I bet After oh, the game
0: God it was awful We had We were so inundated With Seahawks fans
1: Whatever They can have their little This is their Super Bowl man Let it's, them have Yeah
0: it. hopefully This is the peak of their season oh, I hope it's all Downhill
1: me. from here All to the listen <laughs> um,
0: So any more on the Texans Here's what I'll give you okay. This is actually the last thing I think I've got Okay, I've got one more thing uh, after
1: this, and I just thought of this, and I kind of want to go through this. This
0: is going to be the closest thing to advanced stats that I give you. Let's go. And they're really just kind of like more in-depth, still just box score stats. But um, I I took a look at uh, how Mills did under pressure, uh, which led me Mm. to how uh, many times he was pressured. So uh, he was sacked three times in week one. Bradley Chubb recorded two sacks for the Broncos in week one. Um, So hopefully Chubb can continue that. Hopefully some of the other guys uh, can can continue to get after the quarterback. Because the Broncos pressured Geno Smith eight times uh, on Monday night. Now, a pressure is a quarterback hurry, a sack, or a quarterback knockdown. So eight times they either sacked him, uh, caused him to, you know, hurry. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I, know how to I, define hurry. When I was watching
1: that, I I was uh, I remember with like telling your wife at one point like I'm like he's going to force a turnover and he he didn't but he got close. He got
0: a sack on that play though. I remember. Yeah, it was the the next play. You said so. He was feeling it. Anyway, so uh, uh the Broncos got to Geno Smith, they didn't sack him, but they got there uh, eight times. The Texans gave up 12 pressures in week one. So the Broncos were pretty consistently around Geno Smith, up in his face, whatever. Um, Yeah, Mills was pressured significantly more, uh, and I don't think that the um, Colts have a particularly good pass rush. Yeah, so. I was gonna ask.
1: I'm so I'm so uh, naive on on the Colts, um, whether they're good or not. Um, so here's here's what I want to do. So we went through the schedule right after the Russ trade, and I don't remember what record you picked. I think I picked ten and seven. Yeah. So now that we got the loss to Seattle, which I guarantee both of us said was a win, where on the schedule, and maybe you need to pull it up. Where on the schedule, and I want to say outside of the division, what is some a game we probably said was a loss in a non-AFC West opponent that now we can maybe sit here and say, okay, well, maybe that could be a win to make up for this game. Like, Where's the game that they have the unexpected win now that we've had the unexpected loss? Is there anything on the schedule you can point to?
0: The unexpected win?
1: Yes. Because I'm sitting here, and I'm trying to remember, like— at Tennessee. I think I said that was probably a loss, but I'm thinking maybe that could be the one that that's it that's a turnaround to a win cuz I don't I feel like Tennessee's not as good this year as they were last year.
0: Man, that one's going to be tough just based on stopping Derrick Henry. I mean, that's the key to stopping the Titans, right? For anybody. And they but they lost to the Giants. Yeah, so damn. <laughs> that seems like one they could turn around. I always like, forget how much football I don't watch.
1: Yeah, it's tough, uh, man. It's really tough I to even like, know. Uh, especially for me. Like I, I'm really a single team guy. Um, but like looking at some of these other ones that I'm sure I said were losses outside of the division, like at Baltimore, I just think that's an auto loss, right?
0: Like there's no way. Um, at Baltimore? Yeah. No, nah, I could see us beating Baltimore. Really? In, in Baltimore? In? I mean, it would be tough, but I could see it happening
1: like at LA at the Rams. So, I was going to no. pick
0: I was going to pick that one. Really, for my surprise. Be- you know what? They didn't look good on Thursday night. I did watch that game. They turned the ball over was it four or five times? Um, now that's not going to happen. The Bills. That's not going to happen every week. The and Bills yeah, the are Broncos, like the best team on the paper, The Broncos right? are not the Bills. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. It If it wasn't for the fact that it is a primetime game and the Broncos like historically from the beginning of time have always crapped the bed in prime time. Uh, I would say that, Oh yeah, that, that'll be my pick. That'll be the surprise win. But
1: yeah, I, I got, know,
0: I, I want to say it just because uh, Stan Kroenke sucks. <laughs> so it'd be cool to beat him. Here's, here's one more,
1: like something I just realized you looking at the schedule. That game at Tennessee is coming off a bye week, too. So, I'm sticking to that. I'm going to reverse that one. I'm almost certain I picked this game as a loss when we went through them. I'm going to swap that. I think that's where we make it up. I still stick with the 10-7, and seven, um, I think. November 13th, that's a win on the road.
0: Um, That's coming off the bye, huh? Yeah. The...
1: So there's some. When you know, the
0: hell do the Titans have their
1: bye? That is a great question. Dude, it's not. The Titans. I don't even okay. No, they have a bye week six. So theirs is really early. That is That's early. interesting. And so they'll so this is a, a uh week ten. They'll be coming off a game against Kansas City and will be coming off a bye.
0: Yeah, that's that, rough. That's
1: that seems pretty like a opportunity damn. for the taking right there.
0: Look at this. We're not a Titans pro- podcast, but look at this <laughs> this string of games for the Titans. They've got the Chiefs, the Broncos, <laughs> the Packers, and then the Bengals. That is a ga- and then the Eagles. That's a gauntlet. Like the Eagles are supposed to be pretty good this year. The Eagles are an enigma. I can't figure the Eagles out. I mean, that is that's rough. The Eagles have better. Uh, Yeah, better odds to to win the Super Bowl than the Broncos do. To hell.
1: Yeah, no. They I think they made some and like I said, casual fan alert here. I'm pretty sure they made some serious moves in the offseason season to uh, get a lot of like experts, you know, a little giddy about them. So
0: they still got Jalen Hurts. How did they do last week too? They I won. I saw they won. I Who think. did they
1: play? And by how much did they win? This no. is this is good. There's the college football <laughs> fan in me. Yeah, this is great, great podcast content. <laughs> um, okay, so they slaughtered. Um, oh, no, I'm looking at the wrong thing. No, they barely squeaked past Detroit. So I was looking at the preseason. I'm like, oh, my God, they slaughtered Miami, 48 to 10. But no, that that was the preseason. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what I'm flipping, man. I just wanted to throw that out there because I want to be able to say I, I really feel like 9 and 8 is not good enough to make the playoffs um no i agree i I want to find where 10 and 7 is going to happen now and i think that's the game for me i would love to win on the road and at sofi stadium against the rams that would be so sweet it'd be even sweeter if von was still there but um that would still be really really sweet to do to to pull that off
0: can we just do this can we just go through the schedule Yeah, we know know a little bit more. We We know know. a little bit more,
1: but now I'm feeling really naive about some of these teams. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's
0: do it, and then and then we'll end with that. So okay, I like it. I like it. People don't have to listen to us fumbling around Google anymore after this. Hey, but that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Broncos Seahawks. We know. Yes, Broncos won that game. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Texans Broncos. I'm gonna say win. Yeah, win. Uh, Niners Broncos. In Denver on Sunday night. Win. I think so too. Niners did not impress me versus the Bears. Um Broncos at Raiders. I say loss. Colts at Broncos. Wait, what are you gonna give me on? Oh, oh, sorry. i mm. At I'm keeping, Raiders. I'm keeping
1: track of my wins.
0: Uh Okay. At Raiders.
1: So I'm at two and two after after at Raiders.
0: God, I'll go loss at Raiders. Ugh. Disgusting. Okay. uh, Colts versus Colts. At home. Win. Win. Um, Yeah, I'll go win. Uh, At Chargers. Loss. I actually think we'll beat them there, but we'll lose to them at home. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go the opposite. Uh, Jets. Win. Definitely win. Uh, Jags. Win. Win agreed titans i'm saying win now okay uh raiders in denver win so i'm at 7 did i did i say i would yeah i'm I gonna go i'm gonna go seven. win on this one as well uh panthers i have no idea how good they are i'm
1: calling that a win yeah i don't know if they're good i honestly know nothing about them uh
0: ravens i'm going to call that a loss That's a tough one. It's in Baltimore. Yeah. Okay, I'll go loss. Uh, Chiefs in Denver. I'm going to say loss. Really? I'm going to say the streak continues. Right? Have I'm going to say that's the one we finally snapped the okay. streak. So I'm at 10 wins. I'm at eight. Uh, Cardinals. In Denver. They're pretty good. Uh I'm going to say loss. I'm going to win on this all too. Right, Can you tell right. I'm a homer? <laughs> uh, at Rams. Oh, loss. Um, for this purpose, I'm going to call it a loss, even though I said it was a my surprise win. Oh, at KC. At KC is definitely a loss.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then I'll say Chargers at home win for the last one. So that puts me at nine and eight. I don't know where I flipped from early on. It might be the Arizona game that I flipped on. I might have called that a win earlier. So oh, I'm at eleven,
0: man. eleven and six.
1: Yeah, and I'm at nine and eight.
0: I'm gonna make a note of this so we can okay. re- revisit it later.
1: Yeah, we should we should re recalibrate each podcast where we e- even if we don't walk through it, we should. This should be our assignment leading up to the podcast is re redo your prediction um that and was, obviously you'll be better informed i mean okay so week one the cardinals excuse me the cardinals lost to the chiefs as expected so that doesn't really tell me too much about them
0: they got they and i don't know when jj up, that was be the back. chair i don't know if the mic just picked that sound up but it was not
1: <laughs> it's getting flatulent in here
0: did you say you were uh you had eight and nine
1: i had nine and eight.
0: eight oh nine and eight
1: i think or did i have eight and nine no, I think I had nine and eight after the last win against um, L.A. All right, um, but now I'm wondering if I should reverse the Cardinals because they got shellacked.
0: They yeah, they got smoked. I just
1: don't know if JJ Watt would be back. And they have a tendency of any-
0: late ga- late season collapses. Okay. You want me to just go ahead and bump you up to ten and seven? Yeah,
1: bump me up to ten and seven. Let's say win against the Cardinals at home. I think that's reasonable. You know, I think everyone's going to start clicking a little bit better as we go on. It's a new team. Okay. Okay. So there's some playoff hope here. That's that's all I want. I want a playoff game. <laughs> I, that would be fun
0: until it's not anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but even the first round exit, at least it's a playoff
0: game. All right. Okay. Uh, You know what? Since we're doing this in the middle of the week, um, give me a score prediction for Sunday. Anymore. For
1: Sunday. I'm gonna go for Sunday. I'm gonna go 24 16
0: Broncos. Ooh. I would be disappointed. That's low. Yeah. I, yeah. I want it, that's lower than what I want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> we brought in Russell Wilson to score more than three touchdowns. You know, we've been stuck in this like twenty mm-hmm. you know, maybe I don't know, maybe like fifteen to twenty four range for years. I don't want to yeah. see another They scored 16. I know it was I know. on the road in Seattle, but They scored 16, but they were so close to 30. That's true. That's true. So, I'm going to go What's <sighs> realistic? I'm going to go 31 to 17.
1: Okay. I like it. That'll be fun. Write those down. Okay. Write it down. Let's see. Uh, we need to find like a way to measure who's like closer. I don't know if we just do it by deficit. That's not really the same. We'll figure something out. Let's I, I, I got to be competitive about this. What did I say? 31
0: to 17. 31 said, 17.
1: And I said 24, 16. 24,
0: 16. Yep. Bingo, bango. All right.
1: All right, Aaron. Well, this is not the podcast we wanted to have, but it's an important one to have.
0: and we still found a way to have fun with it
1: we did we did and you know like all i can say is that i only have one person that i care about that listens to this and that's god um so i'm just here to to say broncos country jesus what's right sorry i wish i wouldn't have gone there
0: jesus take the wheel (laughs) jesus take my mic (laughs) all right folks
1: Thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back hopefully after the next game. We'll see, maybe after two games. But um,
0: yeah, we gotta keep, we gotta keep this more consistent now that the the football season is in full swing and like that's somehow our it really is a nice mainstay. cadence. <laughs> it is
1: the best cadence of any sport to have just that one game a week with the oh, gets So pie. much time
0: to live your life in between. Yes, yeah. So Baseball so a wild
1: to... a wild adventure compared to this, even the NBA season. Um, But, yeah, this, you know, I think this is really my first year where I am uh, pretty, pretty focused on this team. And it's stressful, man. (laughs) All right, folks. Thanks again. Thanks for stressing with us.
0: We love you.
1: We love you. We'll talk to you uh, very shortly. Broncos country.
0: Let's ride. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at a 91 at Cutchen, and at Pi Sports Show. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for our track "Ready Aim Fire." This has been the Poorly Informed Sports Show.